Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So Atlanta has the pick in at 15. So last year, maybe last year, there was a player who also was falling on draft boards and in the draft ultimately named AJ Griffin, who also had injury concerns of his own. They rolled the dice. That pick seemed like it's going to, it worked out for them and like it's going to work out for them in the future. Do they, are they feeling lucky on the craps table Rucker? They're chucking the dice and they're saying, I, I get that he's fallen for a lot of these reasons, but let's just gamble again. Let, let's roll the dice again. Let's bring in Cam Whitmore. Sorry, I just saw the clip of Jordan Hawkins proudly bawling his eyes out, and I'm a sucker <laughs> for that. Oh, gosh. I Yeah, I love this kid. He's going to be a stud. Okay. Um, yeah, Whitmore makes sense there. That seems like a, a pick of, like, just take that talent. Yeah. They should do that. Absolutely. Because they have two they guys will. who can find him. It's it's the same. It's the same. So thing, is Sadiq right, a free agent about. or Sadiq's under contract? Yeah, Sadiq Bay. I believe so. I and I, then they I were trying to trade DeAndre Hunter to go up to seven. Correct. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I, I, yeah, I would take Whitmore. And then if you love him and you want to move on from DeAndre, then do that. But it, I I can't stand the roster. <laughs> I love our good friend Simon Rath, but cannot stand the Hawks roster because I, I want to add pieces to them, but I'm like, where do they go? Where, what are you not comfortable with? And I don't know if you're comfortable with the wing. You might need, need more upside. And I think Whitmore would be the best swing here. Um, I think it they, depends on how much do you love Jalen Johnson or how much yes. are you still a believer in him? If you aren't a believer in him, then maybe it makes sense to just roll the dice. Let's get another combo forward, regardless of whether you have Hunter in the mix or not and just bring in another guy who can play alongside like an AJ Griffin and space the floor for the future. Like, I don't know. I, we, we, we'd it, also heard tough. that they were interested in case and Wallace. So is this the Huchifino or Bufkin spot? It could I be, think, could be. Yeah. It Gosh, could I'd be. But Bufkin going here. If he yeah. Does. So would I, they still have Trey young and, and, and you know, they, they still have two ball dominant guards in the starting lineup. So like Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, where else does Jalen Hutchfina or Kobe Bufkin fit in? You know, do that's they... the that's the problem. It's, <laughs> it's I, problem I, I would have moved back because of that. You have a clear log jam at the position in which the board is the strongest right now. So why do they you move shock back us? A bit? Question: Do they shock us and take a forward like a Noah Clowney or a Leonard Miller? Oh, that that feels early. It does. Leonard Miller, I might pass out from laughter. <laughs> Here we Be go, nice. Silver. Don't say anything, Nathan. Kobe Bufkin. Okay. Sorry. I said it literally right when you told me oh, not no. to. I said it. I'm sorry. But 
Guys, I'm I'm the host. I gotta keep up. It's I gotta Johnny keep Davis 2.0. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I I've had a tough 24 hours with the Marcus Smart trade and then Kobe Buffett going to a place where <laughs> all seriousness. Why can't I have nice things? All seriousness. I think this is fantastic value oh, God for me. Atlanta. Go get the best player available. Uh, if if just Whitmore's a, stock is that bad, go get the BPA. He's going to play defense. He's he's a great addition. Um, if you get to a point down the road where you're not sold on your backcourt, you have a heck of an addition right there. It's just where <laughs> I just don't know the minutes right now because we also just mentioned like, okay, they have Sadiq. They have DeAndre Hunter. Okay, there's a lot of minutes, a lot of players that play similar positions. Like, how are we going to get them all on the court? I love Kobe Bufkin. Think it's smart. Is there a trade? <laughs> no, there's there's no trade. Unfortunately, are you sure? So I'm, I'm positive. So please, it is time for for me to hand the keys to another host. Thank you, everyone in the stream who's listened to me talk for for over two hours now. Hey, but great job. It, you know, it, it is we'll time. See. Thank, thank you, Rucker, for saying some kind words. But yeah, it is time on. for Nick Ager Johnson to, to take over in the host seat. I will be back for the second round, picks 31 through 45, but it's time for Nick to, to take over the reins. Nick, take it away. You're muted, Nick, Nick. you're muted. God, Unbelievable. Awesome. Rookie here. Oh take a lap. God. Take All right, a lap. fine, fine. <laughs> See, I just I wanted to take I wanted to take the attention away from the Kobe Buffkin pick so that both of you were happy. And you know, now you're bursting out laughing. So clearly my idiocy has worked out very well for this draft stream. All right. Chess no, moves. I no, like we, it. We, we gotta talk about Buffkin a little longer. Um do we have to? No, yes, go ahead. We yes, we do. Because he's one of the, the most versatile guards in this draft. He's younger than most of the freshmen in this draft. He's an excellent defender. The movement shooting, the on-ball creation, the at-rim finishing. I, I don't love that he's going to Atlanta just because of how wonky that roster is. I love the idea of him being coached by Quinn Snyder. And then just even on the court, he can play next to Trey and DeJounte Murray, depending on who's on the court, if they staggered their minutes, if they go three guard lineups. I do think he kind of fits nicely next to them because he is a good defender. He is a versatile offensive player. He doesn't have to have the ball. I, I just think there's a lot that he can offer them in the long run. All right, Rucker, Hunter Dickinson just showed up on camera, which means I know it's time to throw it over to you so Metcalf doesn't talk anymore. Your oh, thoughts here. Oh, good luck, Kansas. Um, it's just going to be tough, but I also think when you're a team like that where you're kind of stuck in the middle and you see a player on the board that you're not really expecting, just take them. Figure it out later. Atlanta's roster is kind of in limbo. I mean, they have talented guys, but I feel like you just got to f- – find a direction it's so funny atlanta's roster i feel like i've kept every time i'm loving the direction they're going and it just doesn't all come together like the pieces aren't really working so they just kind of got to pivot and um i do like kobe buffkin a lot i think that's a smart pick that's a safe pick for atlanta if you had a lot of uncertainty and you didn't like the range just take that and and go forward but now we're going to get interesting with utah yeah, you said, Rucker, this is your favorite part of the draft a few minutes ago right here, this turnaround the lottery. So here we've got the Jazz making their second pick of this first round. Metcalf, what directions do you think they might go? And do you think this is where the Whitmore fall might finally stop? Oh, God, I hate that from a 
lineup <laughs> construction standpoint, I, there, there'd be zero offensive flow. It would, How it would amazing be is it? We and you have him like what fifth on our I have boards? Him at five. Yeah, and I, we just keep saying, I hate that fit. It's just like this is our fifth ranked guy. We hate the fit. Yeah, like, I and, get it. So yes, he he should be the pick just because the upside is that good. Um, I Kobe Bufkin would have been ideal. I think Jalen Hochefino would have been. I'm done with Bufkin. I promise. Um, I think Jalen Hochefino <laughs> would be a tremendous upside uh, play and just fit from the start. His ability to keep the ball moving, run uh, run actual point guard. But I mean, passing on Cam Whitmore again that that just feels absurd at this point. If he ends up going to the Lakers, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> I, I just would like to say that right now for the record. If he ends up going to the Lakers, I would oh, be very gosh, upset. I, you know where he's going to go. If he doesn't even go there, he's going to go to Heat Culture. Gosh, oh, Cam Whitmore is a Heat Culture guy, too. Oh, no. <laughs> this is a... Sorry, Lakers and Heat fans, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love all fan bases, but this is a death row for me of just fan bases in which Whitmore could absolutely ruin my life for years to come. Lakers, Heat. Um, I actually like him going to all those places, though, because I think it'll work out nicely. Utah's in a good spot. They got... Boar looks fantastic. Um, you added Hendricks. You can get another really good piece, really good talent that you probably weren't expecting. Um, Hutch Fino, Keontae, George, I've had high on my board. I think he's still up there too. Yeah. I don't know. Keontae is highest on my board other than Cam Whitmore at this yeah. point, who's still available. So, I mean, I think that's a direction that can make a lot of sense. This is a team that desperately needed point guard help as you know, we discussed at the ninth overall pick for them. So given that they got Taylor Hendricks at nine, it definitely makes sense for them to lean guard here, you know, point guard in particular, given what the board is looking like. But I mean, Keontae can make a lot of sense for them too. Could this be the surprise Nick Smith spot? Oh, Could be, certainly. I think I hate him less than go everyone else on the New Zealand team, so I'm not as upset by that as some people might be. Got to clarify all my takes here. No, we're, we're just getting into... This is going to get really fun. Like We've known this forever, but now with the board shaping up like this, we're getting into the stretch of the draft where it's going to be just wild with every pick. Like You just said Nick Smith, and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, he could go to the Lakers... Like mm-hmm. he could go to Miami, like he could go to a lot of places. So Leonard Miller is a name too, that we've heard could start going around this range. Pujafino still on the board. Um, Sensible is the wild card. It, this is really going to be fun. And then we have so many teams with multiple picks coming up. I wonder if someone's going to try to trade up. Um, Nick, you got the Kings coming up. I'm, and then I get the Celtics right after your pick. So this is going to be Woo. just wild. So yeah, we're having you fun You and I now. could be in very different moods in about an hour or so. <laughs> I know. Me and you both also might be crying. <laughs> Why? The board looked great. Yeah. Um, what are you guys thinking? Give me predictions. Oh, I think it's got to be Whitmore at this point. I, you know, we've heard the medical concerns, but just the, the upside and the talent, it, it can't, he can't keep falling. I don't know. Maybe he can, honestly. I mean, I, you know, thought that he would have had stop gaps a while before we've gotten to this point. So I don't know. The fact that he's falling this far is concerning in terms of, you know, how much farther he might be falling. Looks like the pick is in. So hopefully Adam Silver will be heading up to the stage soon and we'll have some clarity here. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting, certainly, that Utah is sticking. We'll hear if there are any trades obviously coming down the pike, but I do wonder if they look to move this, you know, given that they've already got someone in Taylor Hendricks who was higher on some people's boards than nine, you know, falling to them in that slot. Oh, man. 
This is wild. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I think I'm trying to figure out where Whitmore goes. I think Keontae's probably got a real shot here because yeah. I think you could have gotten him early. I love Keontae. I almost feel like you got rid of Donovan Mitchell for all those picks, and you're about to get kind of the same type of impact theoretically. I'm not saying he's going to start right away, but I'm just saying like that's kind of his game. Little six four guard that can light it up. Um, he'd be a good fit there. I, I'd like him there. I think Huchifino. He makes a awesome ton of sense. Mix. Here we go, Silver. Yeah. All right, so you're a little bit ahead of me, so I'm going to okay. keep quiet. No, Rucker just announced it because Nick and I are way behind everyone. Okay, the it, Utah so. Jazz select Keontae George and yep, his very versatile suit of maroon and silver. Um, I'm sure we'll get Albert to comment on that later. <laughs> what Metcalf, do you, you want to go first here? Yeah, Metcalf, go ahead. I, I, I like it a lot. I mean, we mentioned Donovan Mitchell. That's kind of the comp I've used for Keontae this whole year um obviously i don't think he's going to be what donovan mitchell was as a rookie right away but he's i think he's that style of player and this year at baylor we saw him take on way more responsibilities than he ever did in high school where he was mainly just kind of a spot-up guy who didn't really play defense uh there were issues with the defense this year but the effort and you know awareness and versatility was there throughout the year there was way more off ball movement there's way more on ball creation and playmaking so i i just i think the sky is the limit for him in terms of that kind of combo scoring guard role um really smart playmaker that the shot's gonna be fine i'm not worried about how the percentages being low this year because he took on way more than he ever has in terms of basketball responsibility so i i, I really really like this pick it especially as an upside swing for for utah yeah, Metcalf, you and I talked earlier this season about how impressed we were with Keontae's playmaking this season yeah. at Baylor, and that I think is going to be huge for the flow for this Jazz team. Rucker, what about you? Your thoughts on Keontae George going here? I've absolutely loved him as a prospect. Um, I thought that Baylor fit was a little strange. I've liked to hear that he's almost lost a little weight. He's gotten better shape. I think it's he looked a little bouncier when you were seeing those videos of him working out. Now, obviously, workout season's a scary one for all of us, but... I think Keontae's got the shot to really surprise some people and almost be a stud from this class. Like it's just the eye test for me. I know I've talked to Corey about it. I was just like, I, I watched this guy and he looks like a stud. He just looks like he's going to be a problem. He's got all the, he checks the boxes. So I think with the additional spacing and kind of more of a defined role instead of Baylor, I think they just kind of handed it to all their guards and we're like, okay, someone figure it out. Um, and you, when he had his highs going this year, he was so dangerous. Like, he he was one of the most impressive guys. Um, so I, I love his game. I, I think he's going to be, for this pick, for your second pick in the first round, I yeah. think this is awesome value. You Like, this is what you want to be having if you're a Utah Jazz fan. Like, Danny Ainge is going to work, and he hasn't even had to move up or down at all. He's just let the board fall to him. Yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately here as we're about to move on to the Lakers, but I mean, with Utah, it seemed pretty clear that they needed to try and get a point guard, you know, either in free agency or at some point in this draft. And, you know, they had a bunch of choices at nine, ended up going with Terrell Hendricks. But, you know, one of the probably top choices on the board for them was still here at 16. So it makes a lot of sense to go this route, especially since they didn't go that route for the earlier pick. But let's move to the Lakers now. And I think, you know, we can say it again. We can probably continue to say it until he actually goes off the board. Is this the Cam Whitmore spot? I don't think so. I don't think so because <laughs> I, 
Here we go they again. No, well, they need shooting. We need to, yeah. eventually, they got to get some shooting. And I'm trying yeah, to look I, at the board. Uh, I, I really like Jalen Hochefino here. I do too. Um, I, think I think he makes a lot nice, of sense. Yeah. The, the size, the defense. It uh, gives them another ball handler to kind of take some of the responsibility away from LeBron and Austin Reeves. Um, I, I think he's going to be fine shooting it. Him and AD would be able to run a fun pick and roll. Um, that that would be my pick if I were them. So I do have Hutch, you know, higher on my board than this, but I do want to bring this up because I think it's relevant. Are you worried if he ends up on the Lakers about what he does when he doesn't have the ball in his hands? Rucker, why don't you go first? No, I, that's a good question. Gosh, Nick, jeez. Um, I'll ask dumber questions next time. No, no, no. I, I, I like this. This is good. I don't think so. I think he's going to – it would be a great place for him to go. And, you know, obviously, like, playing with LeBron and all that stuff and AD, but, like, his size, his length, his versatility, I think I would buy into. I think he's going to have more of a – He he needs to be more assertive offensively so i understand what you're saying i think he kind of took a little bit of a back seat and expectedly like i understand to tjd last year at indiana because it was tjd's team he's a senior potential national player of the year so yeah could you get in that same conversation with him with like oh i'm playing with lebron but you know any rookie probably is going to have that for the first week of camp and then get rid of that but i don't know i know one thing they're running down the clock so that must mean that they're <laughs> all over well, the place. By all accounts, they, they've been trying to shop this pick. They also traded up to get 40, I think, in the yeah. second round earlier today. Maybe they packaged both of those with Malik Beasley and you know, br- bring in more of a veteran wing who can provide some of that off-ball shooting. Um, may- maybe this is where they finally bring in Buddy Heald uh, that they've been rumored about for the last 18 years. Um, <laughs> last century just, and a half. Just, just circling back to Huchafino, I mean, he, he did struggle off the ball this year, and the outside Pick shot wasn't end. really there. Um, but at Montverde, he did shoot 35% off the catch from three and was in the 78th percentile in spot-up scoring. So it's not like he's never had success with it, but I, I definitely get your concerns. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, so as Rucker said, the pick is in. I'm still at commercial break. Rucker's okay. probably already seen the next seven too, picks. So. So. No, oh, no, 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 okay, I'm at commercial go. break. Um what commercial are you on, Nick? <laughs> wow, what, what a fascinating conversation to have. Um, <laughs> quickly, before the Lakers pick actually goes in, any surprise names that we haven't mentioned yet? Um, Colby Jones, probably yeah. a little early, but if they're looking for a win-now guy, Bryce Sensabaugh. Colby Jones, probably around like 25. Um, 
the guys will get that joke later. That's the Celtics pick. Um, no, Sensible, I think, needs to be in the conversation soon. I know everyone's probably saying Gigi Jackson. I would be shocked if he's coming off the board very soon. Chris Murray, Pajemski, Leonard Miller, Jaime Jaquez, I would imagine, could be going in these next two picks. I think Jaime would definitely be happy if he goes to the Lakers. Him and OMP. Oh, I was saying, um, sorry, next games. two picks after this. I'm, I'm I'm looking at Miami and Golden State. I think they're the top threats for him, potentially yes. for like early picks, like taking him a little early. But yeah. go ahead. Sorry, Jaime seems the most obvious heat fit possible on the board yeah. at this point. Pretty, pretty gross. It's going to happen. Uh, I like Jaime too much to be grossed out by it, but I still will not. God, his hair looks phenomenal tonight. <laughs> oh my God. You, Someone was mentioning I, that uh, he said he wanted Adam Driver to play him in the Jaime Hawkins movie. <laughs> <laughs> you, Metcalf, ever since the Green Room episode, you've been fascinated about that hair. We, I mean, we might I need to have a talk. <sighs> yeah, we got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, give me predictions before they go. They're showing a chart about um, notable NBA draft anniversaries. Elgin Baylor, Elvin Hayes, Ralph Sampson. I'm Chris Weber made that list. Uh, here we go. Adam Silver walking onto the stage. Still tall, still skinny. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. <laughs> there we go. He's talking. You know who else is tall and skinny? Victor Wembanyama. Jalen Hood Shafino. Here we go. Guard, Indiana. Very, very green suit. Thoughts go. <laughs> Extremely green. No, I mean, I think that, you know, there's a lot to like with this fit. You know, I think defensively he will be a huge plus for them sooner rather than later. I mean, pretty much all rookies are bad defensively, but I think Coach Fino can get to the point where he's contributing on that end, you know, if not by the end of year one, then certainly by year two. Offensively, again, I love the playmaking from him. I'm not entirely sure about the fit just because, you know, I've had some concerns about what he does without the ball in his hands. But I mean, this is, you know, a great team for him to go to in terms of the surrounding talent. And he'll certainly have more three point shooters around him than he did this past season in Indiana, which is not a high bar to clear. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I think there are a lot of similarities between what him and Austin Reeves do. And I think that adding that size, um, like you said, helps them defensively, giving them another ball handler helps diversify the offense, take some of the responsibility, especially during the regular season um, where he he'll get a few more opportunities to kind of learn through failure and get meaningful minutes and play along some of the best players we've ever seen like LeBron and AD. And then you throw in a guy uh, like Max Christie with his second year growth. I, I knew you'd mention Max Christie. I, he, he was good in the minutes he got this year. Like they, they, there are real reasons to be intrigued by this Lakers young core. I, I, I just think it's a really smart team building move and a guy that helps diversify their offense while giving them defensive versatility. Rucker, let's circle back to you. Your thoughts here. I, I mean, do you go back and look, I, I posted that graphic about their draft history. Like, the Lakers have had a very good scouting record when it comes to finding value in the first round. Um, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. I mean, obviously those guys are going early, but like Josh Hart was a later pick. Um, Larry Nance Jr. turned out to be a great pick for where they got him. They, they do a good job of finding these guys, and I'm with Metcalf. I think Max Christie's going to be solid. I think he's going to be one of those guys that we're probably watching at Summer League that going to be looking much better and i love hood shafino it's just one of these prospects that i was like i should be higher on him every time i watch him i was like i should be higher i should believe in more and then i kept moving him up and i was like 
I like him even more, but that's this class is there's just a lot of these prospects that are, are really tight, close. And I think he's got this mature mid range game. That is, I love it. I, I think people are like, eh, I don't know. And it's like, no, that's what I'm buying is he has patience to let windows open. He's lethal coming off handoffs and that elbow jumper is his bread and butter. I mean, he loves to go to it. So I believe the shot's going to come around. You go watch him against, um, I think it was Iowa. He was cooking from all over the place. He was throwing dimes left and right. I just am buying the upside. I think this is great value for the Lakers at this point of the draft. Any 6'6". Right. Sorry. Yeah. Any 6'6". With, you know, dealt with some injuries this year, but I think if he's healthy with that size, he's going to be a problem. I'm too excited. Sorry. Yeah. No, the stream will always go better when you cut me off so that other people can talk. Um, we're now on the clock for the Miami Heat. So a few names we mentioned already. Cam Whitmore, Jaime Jaquez. This could potentially be, you know, one of the early Nick Smith spots, depending on how you feel about him. And, you know, we I think Colby Jones is, you know, one of the most <laughs> one of the most heat culture guys on the board, even if Jaime is more of a heat culture guy. But Metcalf, why don't we start with you? Who are you thinking might be the target here for Miami? Yeah, I'm a little lower on them, but two of the names you just said, Jaime Hawkes and Olivier Maxim's Prosper. I, I, I didn't say that name, but okay. Oh, I thought you said OMP. Um, you know me. I, I think both of them make a lot of sense for where the Heat are currently in terms of competitiveness and what they look for in players. Uh, they, there's just a toughness and versatility and defense first kind of mindset with them that would fit right in and be able to kind of earn minutes and make an impact right away. And, and it's really hard to say that about rookies, but I think those are two of the guys where, especially with the heat, you could find very specific areas to implement them and make them positive contributors early on. Well, the camera is currently on Cam Whitmore and he looks inordinately pissed off. I don't know if that means he's pissed that he's fallen this far or if he's pissed that he's going to be falling again, but Rucker, what do you think? Do you think Cam Whitmore might be the pick here? Thoughts on that? Anybody else we haven't mentioned? I don't know. I mean, if you're Miami, I don't know if you could pass this up. This is too intriguing for this type of team. Um, it's funny because this year with Woj saying he's not going to tip picks, every time he comes on the other screen, I kind of have a panic attack when it's... Same. it's I was like, he's going to be There's going to oh, be yeah, Like every time, because I have it muted, so every time he comes on and it's just Woj, I'm like, uh-oh. And then they just were talking about Whitmore and like, he struggled in interviews. He's also struggled in some private workouts at his pro day. He looked fantastic, which shouldn't be shocking because those pro days are usually scripted. I I think Miami's got a, if you could get him, I don't think you, I mean, you'd be dancing if you believe in, if everything checks out. And this is the problem is everyone's like, how is he falling? If the medicals are that bad, teams are not going to risk. If they're going to be like, yeah, yeah well, we kind of like him, but this guy has terrible medicals. No, move on. Well, so, the pick is in and the camera's still on him, so it looks like it's a good sign for Cam Whitmore's draft chances. Isn't it funny how ESPN does that often? You usually yeah. get hinted pretty heavily. The funniest was when they always used to give like the clues. Like, oh, maybe they could be looking for a powerful forward here. Like, oh, I wonder who that is. The I mean, play the the couple the years, East. The couple-year stretch when Woj was like, is focused on, is lasered in yes, on. Yes. It was like, how many synonyms, you know, my editor brain is like, how many synonyms can you find for the word is looking at? Like how many different ways could you find to say that? That year was incredible. Cause I feel like him and Shams did the same dance. Like they weren't allowed to do it or say like, Oh, the pick is. So they just kept, like you said, just being like they're lasered in on. Yeah. 
It's like the same thing with the Adam Silver trades. It's like, dude, we know that this selection is not going to be going to the Washington Wizards, but okay, sure, come up 10 minutes later and tell us that. And by 10 minutes, I mean like an hour. Nick, go. Give me your prediction. We're going to see who's who's uh, who's going to be right. We're going to keep score these next couple of picks. Oh, are we now? Okay. Yeah. Um, no checking phones. Fine. I'm going to go Whitmore. been telling us about picks. Okay, so you're going Whitmore. I'm going to say... Or no, Metcalf, I'll, go, I'll let you go first. Go ahead. I'm going to go Jaime. I'm going to say Jaime, too. Here we go. Mr. Silver approaching the stage. The 18th pick. Jaime Hawkes. There we forward, go. Forward, UCLA. Uh, All right. I mean, I love this fit. I love this pick. I think that this is going to be fantastic for Jaime Hawkes' career. I'm not sure I like this for the rest of the league because I think he's going to fill in and contribute as an eighth or ninth man right away on a team that just made the NBA Finals. So, like, for the sake of the rest of the Eastern Conference, I don't think this is, you know, the pick that the rest of the Eastern Conference might have wanted to see. But if there's any team that's going to maximize Jaime Hawkes' talents, the Miami Heat is right up at the top of the list. So I love this pick for him and not as much for everybody else who has to deal with him for <laughs> however long he's on the heat. And, and your thoughts by all accounts, he was kicking everyone's ass in workouts. Yeah. Um, like it, I, you <laughs> rarely hear about a guy having as impressive of a pre-draft process as he's had and his ability to kind of skyrocket from, consensus early to mid second round to where it's like no he's he's not falling out of the top 20 that's really really impressive especially for a guy with questions about the shot but he just does everything on the basketball court that leads to winning basketball the rebounding the passing he's shown some on-ball creation the defensive versatility the the physicality whatever you need him to do he's going to go out there and do it and it, it he just screams heat culture and exactly what they look for in their players. I mean, some of us have had him as a first rounder since his sophomore year, but sure, whatever, go off. Rucker, your thoughts here. Yeah, but that was incredibly wrong then. It's not now. Oh, no, I, yeah, uh, I, I didn't want him to, I did not want him to go to a team that was going to give me headaches, and he just did because I, he, I love Hame. He can play. I, I mm-hmm. you know, we've had plenty of fans that know ceilings. I feel like I was just a little lower last year with him as a prospect and then this year like i got to see him more in person and i was just like dude homie can just play basketball like the, he just does so many things in the right level right way i feel like this year he was struggling a little from outside so he just had this stretch of games where he's like fine i'm gonna go inside and do what i do best and then later in the year the outside shots started coming around so like just a smart player who's willing to do anything he can to to win he checks the boxes awesome feet Awesome feet. I'm sure Metcalf talked about it. Awesome feet. But um, I'm looking at him and he's in a heat hat. He just looks like he's supposed to be on the heat. So this is driving me crazy. But um, really good pick for the heat. I, I think, don't think like upside here. I think you're just thinking this guy might be playing for us for 10 years. He, he, he's a plug and play guy. Yes. He's, gonna, he's going to be in the rotation. Like, absolutely. He just does too many good things. Like, he's going to be a guy that goes to war for them battles he's around six 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 seven but he will battle in the trenches so i like him a lot i'm really happy he's not at ucla anymore but now he's with the heat so same thing i think adam driver is going to be a lot happier to do this movie now that a lot of it's going to be based in miami i think that increases the odds of him signing on to the project pretty significantly let's move on to the golden state warriors here on the clock at 19 and (laughs) 
You two have been saying it for 74 consecutive picks. I haven't yet said it, but I'll say it again. I have Cam, Fit, Cam Whitmore fifth on my board, and I think this fit makes no sense. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't think there's a, a chance in hell they take him here. And now watch them take him here. Yeah, um, there we go. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think there's, I think there's still too much rawness for what they, what they want in their players now. You know, they went down the path of raw guys who, you know, maybe we can develop them. There's a lot of similarities to Kaminga. I, I don't see it. I, I would make it just because the value is insane to me right now, but I, I would be really surprised if Whitmore was the pick here. Rocky, you're the Golden State guy. What are your thoughts here? I, I, I'd be shocked. I think they got to get, they probably wanted Hame. I yeah. think Chris Murray's probably in the mix. I think Podjemski's probably in the mix. Maybe Colby Jones. Um, we're getting Bobby Marks and Woj on the screen, which is always scary, but. Um, <laughs> They need to, like, the problem with taking Whitmore here, it's a fantastic value, but you're almost doing the Kaminga experience all yeah. over again. And I, and so then you, like, if you're doing that, you probably got to move Kaminga, which is fine, but then you might have the same problem. Sensible? Maybe? I don't know. Like, it, it, I just don't like the fits. I think Chris Murray seems like a fantastic pick for a first year GM. And Mike Dunleavy just got promoted, made a big trade today, which I applaud him for making that trade. Some people were very against that trade. And I was like, you guys got to see what that was. That was getting out of a very lengthy contract for Chris Paul's contract, which is, I think, two years shorter with non-guaranteed. It's a very good trade. And um, it's chemistry. You need to get the right mentality back with this Warriors team. And Jordan Poole can play, but obviously there was some stuff there. I like Chris Murray and I really want Chris Murray to go to Sacramento because I want the Murray brothers to be back. But I would, what do you guys think? Like that too. Nick, yeah. What, was, do, you, what do you think though? Unbiased Nick. Cause I okay. know you want Chris. Where would you go for the Warriors? I'd go Colby Jones. Honestly, I like that fit a lot. I just wonder if they'll do it. It makes it, it would be a very Warriors pick. Bob I, think they go, I think they go OMP. I think they need some size on the wing, some defense on the wing. Um, uh, Silver sneak attack. Hold on. He's on the clock. He's talking. Uh, Just out of nowhere, he was on the clock. I was like, whoa. The Golden State Warriors select. Pods, AirPods, baby. Wow. I, like that a lot. I like that a lot. I, I, Corey, shout out Corey for doing the highlights. He's kind of sneaking it in there. I almost <laughs> like Corey just kind of surprise us to tell us who it is. Um. What a rise for AirPods, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is certainly a lot higher than I would have had him going. But, you know, of the teams that are going to have a look at him, I'm willing to bet, you know, the Warriors made the trip to Santa Clara more than a few times. So. Yeah, and just the the rise that he had this year, I, he's going to get the Jalen Williams comps a lot, but they're such different players. Um, yeah. I was a little skeptical of Pods. But the more you watch, it's like, holy crap, this dude's scoring touch is insane. Really shifty ball handler. There are a lot of Jalen Jalen Brunson vibes to his game, not just because he's a lefty, but the shiftiness, the, the, the strength inside, the ability to get to his floaters, his touch off the glass, the shooting. Um, they, the way he moves off ball, too, I think is going to fit in with what the Warriors tend to do on offense. Really good positional rebounder. 
it, it's a fascinating pick. Um, and the fact that they moved off of Jordan Poole earlier today kind of makes sense, fill in that hole. Yeah, I mean, I think this pick would have been a lot stranger to me if Jordan Poole were still on the roster. But, you know, with him moving to Washington, it certainly makes a lot more sense. Rucker, your thoughts here? It makes a lot of sense if you think about it, where it's like Pods is going to be one of these vicious battlers and he's got good size. Bring Chris Paul in. Now you got Steph, you got Clay. Like, I think Pods is going to be low maintenance and just do whatever he can to help out. And he's going to impact the game in a number of ways. And he's going to go to the best roster. He probably can learn how to play the guard position from like, he's going to have two unbelievable mentors, not going to be expected to do much right out of the gate, but I think you can give him some versatility with his, you know, his height and kind of feel for the game and ability to space the floor. So I like it. I, I, I think that's a good value too. And it's a name that was really impressive throughout the whole year. Um, you know, we're talking, he's six, five guardy. I think he almost averaged nine rebounds a game. So just crazy, but I, I like pods a lot. I, everything you've heard throughout the pre-draft process, like this dude's mean, like this dude is just going to battle. He'll do anything. And you see that on the court, like he's fearless. All right. So now we're moving to the Houston Rockets at 20 and let's say it another time. Is this the Cam Whitmore spot? Yeah, I think it is. Yes. The, I believe the, this the, is. And this was being linked to them at four fantastic. earlier. Great, great idea, but this should be it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was just about to say, finally, you guys actually think there's a good fit for Cam Whitmore. That's I, I didn't think that was possible. I mean, I'm not sure I love the fit, but the, the athleticism with him, Jalen Green, Amon Thompson, I mean, good Lord, that's fun. Um, but I, Cam was getting linked to Houston at four a week ago. Yeah. So you you know there's at least some interest there. Um, incredible value when if if the Rockets can walk away from this draft with two guys who are basically in everyone's top 10 or most people's top 10, shout out Albert. Um <laughs> That that it's a, a couple incredible home run swings um, for a team that wasn't really in a great spot coming into tonight, and they're walking away with they could be walking away with two just incredible um, talents. I think you hit the nail on the head there. This team just needs star power. Like they need, yeah. you know, they need the next person who's going to be the main driving force behind this team, right? And they took one of the biggest home run swings in the, you know, top half of the lottery in Amen Thompson. And now Kim Whitmore, who, you know, again, up until like a week ago was presumed to be, you know, going somewhere in that like four to nine range, you know, for him to show up for them at 20, even if the injury concerns do come to light, I mean... <laughs> You know, the kind of value that you're getting for him at 20 here is pretty insane given the way that, you know, he was being talked about draft stock wise even a week ago. Houston's going to be doing a backflip. I mean, every single Rockets fans is going to be going absolutely nuts. They're very optimistic about next year. They're going to be more optimistic after this draft. If we told them at the beginning of the night that they're going to leave with a man and Whitmore, you'd be like, how did we trade Jalen Green? How do we pull that off? They're going to be the most athletic team in the league. <laughs> now yeah. I need you to put the bucket or the ball in the bucket from beyond two feet. So um, I love the upside they're going to have on this team. I really do. And they're going to have the right coach. Now I, we're saying I, all this, assuming that cam is the pick uh, what other yeah, potential yeah. options do you think they might be looking at here? Do you think Colby Jones is someone that makes sense for them here too? Colby. Um, yeah. 
I, Drake I, I, Whitehead, maybe they go another route of some upside. I, I Nick Smith. Like, there's a lot of names. It's just it, it's got to be a camp. week ago. We thought Whitmore was going fourth. Like that yeah. was the report, and then a couple of days later, all these reports came out about his medicals and oh, he wasn't impressive workouts. I, I just it would be a shocker if they didn't go with Whitmore. Well, the pick is in, so we will know shortly which direction Houston is going with the pick. And then after that, we will say goodbye to Metcalf, who will be hopping off, I'm sure, has more than had his fill of dealing with me tonight, but he'll be back later again. So sorry in advance, my guy. How dare you? Um, no, so so we, we all think that it should be Cam Whitmore, but Houston took this down to the wire. Is Do you think they're just trying to work the phones, get someone to bite and overpay on a trade? Or do you think there's serious debate and um, discussion about whether it should be Cam or not? I think it's trade talks. I mean, I think it's like if Cam is on the board and Houston is willing to move this pick because they already got a man Thompson at four, then it's like, okay, how much, how much can we extract? Right. It's like basically, you know, low key what Indiana did earlier, right. Basically holding Bilal Koulibaly hostage from the Washington wizards. Like, you could yeah. maybe do that with Mittmore, but given that he's fallen this far, I'm not sure the value is going to be there. Like nobody traded up to 15 to get him. Nobody traded up to, you know, anywhere in the teens to get him. Right. I don't think the value is going to be that high for trading back out of 20. Yeah, I, I kind of agree, but I, and he's the intrigue with his upside is so fascinating because I, I think he's the best athlete in this class. Um, maybe the medicals say otherwise, but his P3 testing was through the roof his combination of power agility and strength is really second to none in this class i i love him as a cutter i buy the shot more than some other people at no ceiling so if he is the pick here i i just think it's going to be a really really fun offense that ime odoka gets to gets to build all right we're panning to the podium here Rucker, you're ahead of us so maybe the picks already been made but looks like silver's walking up to the stage i got you i got you Cam Whitmore. There we go. Okay. Good for Cam. Um, I know it's a little later and he was, you know, in the in the green room for a much longer, but that's an exciting place to go. And um, it's going to be interesting to hear. It's about all the medical specifically. That stuff will start to linger out, but I think you're ending in a good spot. Um, that team's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see how that team develops and comes together. And I know Yudoka was in the news for the wrong reasons, but I think Yudoka can coach. And I think he'll get that locker room's attention very quickly. And, you know, I would not want to mess with Yudoka. So I think that team will start to listen and it won't shock me if they start playing better to start out the year. But Whitmore's upside, I love him. I think he's a scary dude. He He's a freight train attacking the basket. His first step, we've all talked about it. Like he's got one of the best first steps in terms of just pure explosion in this draft. There we go. We got to see it. Um, and I believe it's going to take some time, but he's still very young and he's got some raw tools. So I think he'll go, he'll develop his handle and be respectable enough. But um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm quite confident that I'm not only not the only one on the No Ceilings crew, but not the only one on this particular screen right now that had Cam Whitmore ahead of Amen Thompson on my board. So for the Rockets to get both of them with four yeah. and 20, I think is insane value. 
the medicals must have been really bad with Whitmore, honestly, for him to fall this far, which is concerning, obviously. But I mean, ultimately, you know, unless his knee blows up in like year one and a half, you know, this is going to look like insane value for the Rockets if he's anything like the player we thought he would be coming out of college. Yeah, and it, it's just the the perfect situation for for Houston to fall into where they get an uber athletic point guard, uh, dynamic playmaker at four with all NBA upside. And then they get a small forward with kind of the similar upside and framework at pick 20 when a lot of people had him top five. So it sucks for cam that he fell this far. I'm sure that tonight has been rough for him, but the, the young core that he's going into the coaching staff that he's going into, this could be a blessing in disguise for him. All right, so the Brooklyn Nets are on the board for the first of their two first-round picks, and the Sacramento Kings are coming up at 24. So my Eastern Conference and Western Conference teams are both on the board. I have lost whatever little tiny touch of sanity I had left heading into this draft night. But Metcalf, it's been a pleasure. I will see you again later. And Maxwell, why don't you come on up and join us and try and figure out with us what do the Brooklyn Nets do here? Because they've got two back-to-back picks. It'll be very interesting to see which directions they go with them. Yeah, so if I'm Brooklyn or any team in picking in this range, but it's specifically Brooklyn with two draft picks, if Bryce Sensabaugh has a pulse, I am taking Bryce Sensabaugh here. Like, I, I know I'm the big Bryce guy here, but if I can get him this late, like the potential return of value is absurd. You've got to do it. Um, I'd also consider Leonard Miller here. If you want to go vet a little more stability with one of the picks, which I, I think you should probably do. You've got Chris Murray. You've got Omax in that mix. I'm a little lower on Colby Jones than you guys. So you guys can make the case for him if you no, want. No, no, that's fine. Um, but yeah, those are the guys I'd be targeting here. Rucker, who, who do you have in mind? Sensible makes a lot of sense with one of these picks. I, I, I'm imagining Nick Smith's going to come off the board. Oh, that's a good one, um, yeah. It's funny. I, I, I'm annoyed with all the buzz that we got about Nick Smith going lottery. Where everyone, I was like, "No, you're lying to us. That's not happening." Like, but I think this is the range where he should go. Um, it's it's just wild. I, I'm still trying to process just Houston walking out with Whitmore and a man is pretty funny. Wild. Um, but I, I'm right there with Maxwell. I think Sensible for a team like this that has multiple picks. Maybe Brooklyn's trying to trade one of these. You never know. No Clowney, maybe he's coming into the conversation. An one, and um, he, he's a green room invite too, so he's, yeah, he's somebody yeah. we should bring up because for a guy who is a really young freshman, he had a very productive, like impactful to winning season. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, I, I get it. Like, some of the numbers aren't the sexiest, but like, super productive finishes at the rim, protects the rim better than the block numbers might indicate. He's he's good. I mean, the biggest need for Brooklyn right now is another big. And so Clowney is a name that makes sense. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis, I think, could also make sense. It would be really cool for them, I think, to have sort of a playmaking big man, you know, sort of in the fold. I think that might help a lot of the offense run a bit better. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get the Bryce Sensabaugh thing. You know, I think uh, if you checked his pulse on the offensive end versus on the defensive end, you might get a different answer to your previous question of whether or not he has a pulse. But hey, that's that's been my thing all year is ragging on his defense, so. I'll, I'll take a backseat to that now. But Rucker, what do you think? I mean, I think Nick Smith is probably going to go with one of these two picks, and I I like Clowney's odds of being the other. I, I it, it, it feels like this one of these picks seems like it should be almost value, and one should be you're almost getting some potential, long-term potential. I don't know if Najee's going to start coming to the conversation, but Brooklyn's going to win the award for taking the clock down to less than 10 seconds. 
Yeah, they clearly know exactly who they want to hear. What yeah, but they have back-to-back like, picks. This sneaky, like, Najee suddenly kind of coming down in the mainstream boards thing that happened in, like, the last week. Like, that was kind I of know. weird, right? It was a little weird. I was like, what? And then everyone kept saying, like, well, his range starts at 20. And I'm like, what? You can't just say that and move him down, like, eight spots. So I don't know if it's just they're thinking value or – but that's a good point. It, it started happening with a number of names – yeah, it's just weird with him because oh my! All right, Maxwell's oh, ahead, ahead of me clearly. Uh, Andre Jackson from Utah. Oh, what? Is the pick. No, no. Oh no, no. Is that? Oh, they're just showcasing him. You scared me. Oh my me. gosh! Because on my screen, okay. I have the volume down. I just saw the pick is in, and then it puts Andre Jackson up on the screen. They have a. They have Hurley is on the stage talking to him. Oh and my I, god! But you, I, you almost gave me a heart attack. Okay, so and <laughs> I gave him a heart attack, attack too. Good. <laughs> and I love Andre Jackson, but um, they, I think they have him on there, so they're trying to be like, "Well, talk to us about Andre." <sighs> uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. All right, we're back. Silver hasn't gone out yet, but I'm excited. Yeah, this could be number directions. I, Leonard Miller is probably getting into the wheelhouse. I think. Part of me finds it funny that this team had two back-to-back picks and they still took the first one down on the wire. Yeah. Like, surely you know at least one of them, yeah. right? <laughs> well, like, I, I've never understood, like, the the point of the clock when it's like, all right, well, you had your five minutes. All right, well, we're going to actually kind of give you, like, an extra three minutes. You know what I mean? Like, if you're the next team picking, they don't start the clock at, like, 2.14 because this pick took forever to get to the podium. Right, right, right. I think it's all in right. the war room. There's they have They all have, like, a running clock, and it's literally just they have an announcement for like universal. That's not like TV related, but um, here we go. Adam silver to the podium for the first of Brooklyn's. Is it Noah? Yep. Okay. Good. So Maxwell's the farthest ahead of the three of us. Okay. Clearly. Yeah. So we figured that out quickly. What do you guys think of Noah? I like him. Like I said, like he's, he's super productive. The, the Intel stuff on him has been really positive as far as him, like wanting to learn, wanting to get better, having a good attitude. I do think it's going to take a bit and I hope, I think this could be a good situation for him because like they have so many guys at those positions. Like you can really just put him in the G league and hyper focus on rounding out his game because like he's still really rigid with the ball. Um, the defense is a lot more theoretical than someone like a Taylor Hendricks at this stage. Like he's, he can be really upright on the perimeter. He has the tools to be switchable. He's just not that yet. It doesn't mean he can't become that. Um, not like a great decision maker or passer. And these are all things that like, if he has that work ethic, he can, he can reach a really passable level. And if he does, you're dealing with a guy who's six foot 10 and super athletic and plays with a really, really high motor. Um, so I understand swinging on him in the first round completely. I, I just hope they're patient with him. Rucker, what about you? Your thoughts here? I thought him ending up in a spot like this was fantastic. Cause it, it like Maxwell said, I think you just got to get to an organization that will be patient. And I think Clowney has a good foundation of skills. It's just someone let them develop, like let the stuff come together. And um, I was worried that some team was going to draft him and be like, he's got to come in and play right now and impact. And I was like, I don't know if he's ready to do that as much as you think, but Brooklyn, I think if you, if you get him here and then you also add another piece, we'll see what they do here. But I like that. I think that's smart. You start, almost remaking this team. We, we know they went all in with trying to get Harden and Duran and Kyrie. And obviously that hasn't worked out, but they just made a trade and got Michael Bridges who looks fantastic. So like, just keep adding some pieces. Now you might be further along and getting into contention and stuff than you think. And I'm just saying like, 
building a real unit, a real team. And I, I like Clowney's upside. So. Yeah, I think one of the two picks kind of had to be a big here. And I would have had TJD or James Najee ahead of Clowney personally. But I mean, I think they really just needed help in the front court. And, you know, ultimately having one of those two picks and maybe two, who knows, they're currently on the clock for 22 as well. But yeah, I think one of these two picks kind of had to be a big man. And with that in mind, Clowney, Clowney makes certainly more sense than some of the options they could have gone with. I want to know who you guys think they might pair him up with right now. Like who, okay, you get Clowney at 21. Are you still trying to add some potential here? Or do you think, because I, I do like Clowney's long-term potential to like turn into something. And I think yeah. Brooklyn's a good spot where like you have Nick Claxton, just keep adding some bodies, let the pieces come together. But now I like, I want to know what direction they're thinking they're going to go in. Um, Cause there is a lot of really good talent on the board still. Where, where would you go, Maxwell? Uh, yeah, yeah. I would. <laughs> yep. I would. No, I'm just I, would I would probably go Marcus Sasser here if I'm. Oh, because like their guard position is is really shallow, right? Like they they do not have a point guard that's like under the age of thirty on this <laughs> roster. And with Sasser, like you're getting your more veteran guy because it does seem like they want to compete. Like they weren't considering the Bridges trade at all for number three. So if you want to compete, like get a competitor, get a guy who's a dog, get a guy who's going to get after it, who has played in a lot of big games, who has an NBA skill set, is able to play off of other people, forces a ton of mistakes. Like with him, Bridges and Claxton, like you're starting something really difficult to deal with defensively there. Um, he's he's the guy that I think is probably most appealing to me off the top of my head at this spot. I think this is a very reasonable Nick Smith Jr. spot, but given that they took a bit of an upside swing on Clowney, I really like the Sasser idea, Maxwell. I think, you know, they need help at the point, and the question is just sort of which direction they go. And given that they went Clowney to pick before, I think that Sasser makes more sense. That being said, I mean, they could just decide we're swinging for the fences here, right? And, you know, at this point in the draft, I think Nick Smith Jr. is pretty good value. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've been lower on him. Not than there, a lot of people. So we'll just let it slide. Yeah, no, no, no. I've I've been lower on him than a lot of people. I think my my thing with Nick Smith is like, I think if he hits the like, I I'm not confident he's going to hit those super high end outcomes. And if he's not, then he is just like the type of guard that you can get in this range every year. I can't I think, talk negative about him because my team's coming up soon, Nick. I'm, I'm telling you, you got to be careful. Like, it, I didn't re- interrupt you, Maxwell, but I. I yeah, Does Maxwell Lewis make some sense here? Oh yeah. If you want another project like type guy. Yeah. I love him. I love Leonard Miller in this range. And like, again, I, I, I don't really know what they're doing, but I don't hate the idea of like, let's just kind of stash these guys. Like let's domestic draft and stash. Yeah. You guys yeah, yeah. that have like super high end upside. Um, yeah. Taking, I would not mind Max Lewis here one bit. They're taking the next pick all the way down to the, yeah. yeah. They're clearly incredibly <laughs> sure <laughs> about it. Is having fun spots. right now. Own office is having fun. And Cam Johnson's going to be a free agent, correct? I think uh, so. Yeah. So. Yeah, I believe so. There was some talk about him to Detroit, which could be very interesting. Yeah, which I kind of like that. Tonight. I kind of like it too. I mean, um, they could certainly use the shooting. Mm-hmm. Gosh. So we got Chris Murray. We got Gigi on the board. Sasser, Nick Smith, Tariq, Rupert, Sensabaugh, Najee, Maxwell talents. Lewis. Colby Jones, Ben, ben Shepard is like another, yeah, yeah. another like adult in the room kind of guy. Good yeah. movement shooter. If you want to move off Seth Curry and kind of have that next guy that you run around a whole lot and do stuff, he's right there. 
I'm just waiting on the name that I want to hear. Neither of you have said it yet. Strother. Uh, close, but not quite. I know who you <laughs> want. Me let's to play, play this guessing game until we. OMP, Colby Jones. OMP Colby. I mean Colby. No, City Sissoko. There we go. Oh, yeah, City. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, OMP still out there. I, I wonder if that makes some sense. I just don't know. It, I mean, this is where we're like we've said it before. This is where names can go crazy all over the place. There's just a lot of guys. Ten picks. It, yeah, like it's a real like just pick your flavor kind of thing. Like there's a lot of picks on the board that aren't bad picks. It just all depends on what they want to do. And I think the thing with Brooklyn, why we're struggling so much to come up with names, is because it's kind of hard to tell what they're doing right now. Yeah, like, right. This is a, ve- a franchise in a really weird place. Yeah, I mean, you know, on the one hand, they could they could use the upside swing, certainly. But on the other hand, like, is this is this going to be a playoff team next year? I mean, maybe a play in team, right? But maybe, I don't think they're yeah. I don't think they're a lock for the top six by any means. No. Maxwell's talked me into Sasser here a lot, but I also want Sasser to go to like five oh. teams. So oh, yeah. here we go, Adam Silver. Silver. Maxwell's ahead of me of us, so I'm gonna let yeah, whatever Maxwell says. Dariq Whitehead. Wow, wow. good for Dariq. Yeah. yeah. Good for yeah. Dariq. You know, I actually really like this for them. I, do I mean, like this. Go ahead. The one thing that they, you know, the one thing that Dariq showed at a really high level this past season was his three point shooting. Yep. And, you know, that I think will be a huge thing for this team. You know, he's not going to be relied on as, okay, the number one prospect in high school, right? You know, he's not going to be seen as the guy heading into Brooklyn, right? But he goes there, he can just be a spot up shooter to start out his career. I mean, you know, I think we've mentioned this before, but there's a lot of AJ Griffin vibes going on through Whitehead. You know, there, he could just show up and be this spectacular three point shooter next year. And, you know, everybody like, why did he fall as far as he did? But I mean, that part of his game certainly showed out at Duke, even if the rest of it was a bit of a struggle. But Rucker, what about you? Your thoughts? Um, fun, fun little wrinkle that Corey just brought up to us in the group chat. And I forgot about this. I think the Brooklyn Nets team surgeon or the doctor for the Brooklyn Nets actually yeah. did Dariq surgery. Oh, correct. The last Dr. Martin, they they know go. that thing's healing right. That's, yeah, yeah. That's so a, there you yeah. go. They, I like Dariq got a it lot. on good authority. That's cool. I like that. I, yeah, and, and I think ended up with a great spot. Obviously, we thought in the beginning of the year he was going to be a high pick, but I think we didn't see the real Dariq Whitehead last year. I hope he, it, we're going to see it. I hope he's healthy, um, but I think he ended up in a good spot that another – team that can be patient like that's what i think if you're a team like brooklyn like take the best value on the board maybe get some roll of the dices and like they got Noah Clowney, which you can be patient with to develop and then Dariq, you might look up and be like oh gosh the the health came around and we just got an absolute steal so i like that yeah i think the thing with Dariq too is like there I, I feel like so much of the talk about like what he was supposed to be has kind of clouded the other outcomes that could still be really positive for him. Right. Like so much of it is like, well, if he gets his bounce back and if this and that, and like, well, if he doesn't get his bounce back, then this and that here's the bottom line. This dude is like a nuclear three point shooter. Like he can really shoot the ball off the catch. And even if he's not like this high flying dynamo off of one foot in traffic, like he was at times in high school, like he's a really gifted shot maker. And when you can knock down shots and he has a level of strength and physicality to him on the defensive end, defensively he had his ups and downs, but the overall metrics were not bad. Um, If he's able to guard people and knock down shots, like it's going to give him a leash to kind of figure things out. And like Rucker said, like a great place for him where you can be patient and kind of just let those things actualize, like find something you can do, whether it's in the G league or for the nets and then slowly just kind of work everything else into form. He doesn't need to be a star. 
And, and I think there's a lot of, I, I, I think boomer bust gets thrown around a lot. And I feel like with Dariq Whitehead, there's a lot of like good gray area results with him. You just, you just gotta be patient. Uh, and the feel really has to come along with him. He's never been much of a, a passer or playmaker for others. And that's one reason why I think for like a competitive team, I'd be a little less interested in him. Uh, but for a team like Brooklyn, that's doing this sort of uh, two timelines deal. This is a, a good yeah. fit. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, so Portland on the board here now at 23 after making the Scoot Henderson selection at third. And so far, as far as we're aware, uh, not trading that pick. So it looks like Scoot is going to be there in Portland, at least for the short term. But Maxwell, I'm curious, let's start with you here. Who do you think might be targets for Portland here at 23? I think this is repair. I okay. thought this has been going to be repair for a while. Um, I think, and like I They've never spoken to Mike Schmidt. So this is all like me living uh, like a parasocial relationship with Mike Schmitz. Uh, so Mike Schmitz last year was very high on Usman Jeng and did not waver on him. Like a lot of people like were like, oh, I like Usman Jeng, and then like slid him way down and then slid him way back up at the end. I think that Mike Schmitz thoroughly values the level of competition you face in the NBL. Um, and he, he sort of has this reputation for being a you know great scout on a true international level. Um, and I think if you're going to keep Damian Lillard, it makes sense to have a guy that's got a seven, two wingspan that can really defend some people uh, because those are going to be the kind of guys that you need on this team. So that's where I've always kind of thought they were going to go. As soon as he got that green room invite, it just seemed to me like that's a Schmidt special, but I, I could be wrong. Well, Rucker, I know, you know, Schmidt's certainly better than I do. Uh, what do you got your thoughts here for potential picks for Portland? It looks like the pick is in. So it seems like they're slightly less indecisive than the Nets, at least. Um, yeah, I would say Rupert, James Najee would make a lot of sense. We'll see what happens. I mean, that was a quick one. I'm gonna oh, wait Chris Murray. Good for, that's a good God, pick. And, really? and I'm so sorry for Kings fans. Gutting for Sacramento. You know what? That's a heck of a haul. You get Scoot and you get Chris Murray at, at 23. I'm so sorry. Sacramento literally is about to fight every single. It's so heartbreaking for Kings oh, fans. Oh, gosh. I Thanks. hope like Vic Thanks. Really appreciate it. Like I'm we weren't going to take him. Don't worry about it. Like, it would be <laughs> But I like Chris Murray. I, I think Corey's even had a good line where he was like, I, he's very high on the list of we might look back and be like, why did we overthink this? Or he's mm -hmm. a much better player than we think. Very just like boringly good film, I feel like, where you're just like, okay, yeah, I get it. He could play, he can impact, he could do the little stuff. Um, I don't think like everyone being like, Oh, he's just a left-handed version of Keegan. And I was like, ah, no, 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 no. Like I I There's still think Chris is, you know, yeah, I go ahead, Maxwell. Like I, I just I think Chris is gonna play a long time, but I think he's just gonna be one of those rotation pieces. That's how I see him too. Yeah. I, I'm a little lower on like the starter level outcomes for him, but like I think he guards the ball better than Chris did or better than or Keegan. Keegan did. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the difference was like Keegan is a freshman almost played like an energy big role in a backup for Luca Garza. And like he was doing stuff there that it's like impossible for me to see Chris doing. Uh, 
but I do think Chris is like a little bit better as a passer, a little bit better on the ball. He just doesn't have that same like off ball playmaking juice and he's not the same shooter. Um, much less dynamic as a shooter, I would say, but like still solid, like makes a lot of his unguarded threes. He just didn't get a ton of them. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's going to be one of those guys that like hangs around for a long time. Uh, and so smart instinctually on the glass on both ends, like just really, really knows where guys are, who isn't boxing out and how to grab an offensive rebound. Yeah. I mean, I think you already said most of what I wanted to say here, but I think the idea of him being a long-term rotation player is makes a ton of sense. I mean, he's someone who you can reliably plug into a rotation for 10 to 15 minutes a game, have him splice the floor. Right. And just, you know, be a, hopefully a defensive plus right sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got Sacramento on the clock. Um, oh boy. Yeah. My heart rate definitely didn't yeah. go up in the last okay, three seconds. Just, these are your guys. Yeah. yeah. Take, take the floor. Who's, who's your guy? For Nobody Sacramento. wants me to take the floor. Yes, come we do. Um, yeah. I, I, come on. You put the hat on you. You I earned put the, the right on. to take the floor. I did floor. put the hat on. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've been saying basically since the start of you know the idea that the Kings were going to be hit 24, right, is that what they really need is a backup big who can fill some of the offensive responsibilities of Demonis Sabonis as an offensive lead guy or just wing help. Anybody to replace the Terrence Davis slash Kessler Edwards minutes. Oh, God, there's a trade, isn't there? I can tell yeah. on the base record. <laughs> yeah, so we have Rashawn Holmes in 24 going to Dallas. Okay. Well, no, no, let's talk. Okay. I know this is a heartbreak. I'm still never prepared. I literally, every single time they make me laugh. Okay. So what was that contract, Nick? The Holmes, I believe he was uh, in year two or three of a four year 48 deal. So they're maybe thinking they're going to get someone in free agency. I mean, ultimately with Holmes, like, you know, once Demonis Sabonis became the starting center, there wasn't really much of a role for him. So like him getting traded makes sense. Like he wasn't going to get the kind of, you know, rotation minutes that I think he would get on a lot of other teams, which, you know, I think he'll get those rotation minutes in Dallas. But yeah, again, I still would very much like to know what's actually coming back to the Kings in this trade. That'd be, so a $12 that'd be million dollar contract next year. He had a player option for 12.8. Okay. So um, you're, you're three of that deal. Not your two. My bad. Um, I'm waiting to see <laughs> the Kings are sending homes in the traded player exception created with the OKC trade. And what, what are they getting? That's like, I still just keep going back to like, <laughs> Can we get what? Part where we figure out what they're getting back. Please? I, I, it, when Woj announces a trade and then just like installs one sentence of each thing, it always drives oh, me insane. Let's see oh, who they're taking God. for Dallas. Why did I agree to host for the Kings pick? Oh, Max. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, at least they keep getting Luca some shooters. Um, I, but I will say, I like that they're getting big and athletic because that was like yes. a huge problem with the Mavs. Was like they were playing a bunch of thirty-two-year-old like slow dudes that are six ten and like can't jump. So, getting oh, Max this- had a purple suit on too. It was perfect. Sorry, oh, Maxwell. Go oh, ahead. Sorry, yeah, go that ahead. is that is sad. Sorry, that would have been sorry. the perfect Sacramento Kings outfit to wear a hat with uh but yeah they dallas desperately needed positional size they needed athleticism they need rebounding and they're getting a lot of that and they're getting guys that can play without the ball like think about omax's role this year playing alongside tyler kolek playing alongside ozo Iguodaro. it was so much like spot up move cut catch attack go like he's not going to be a high maintenance guy 
And I think in a situation like Dallas, he's going to be more than content to do the dirty work. The work ethic reports on him are unreal off the charts. Um, so yeah, yeah. Huge, huge get for Dallas uh, until we know what they gave up because it, it could actually be bad, but we don't, we don't know. Luca to the Kings. Finally. Oh, finally. Fulfill yeah. the prophecy. They finally There's got his medicals. Happening, obviously. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, I was someone who saw a lot of, you know, Omax to the Kings mocks and I wasn't as high on him personally, but it made a lot of sense. Like I, I thought the fit made a lot of sense. I, involved another Celtics, one. I'm going to fight someone. Don't, um, don't do it. The TJ Bucks, Cowan, another one. The, the Bucks are acquiring the 36th pick from the Orlando magic. Okay. 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 <laughs> Don't, is this part of the that. king's trade can someone tell me who they're getting please? yeah i don't know i can't look I, the Celts are on the clock nick I, I need a breather i'm so scared of how the board is right now there's a lot of names that are just yeah, terrifying Rucker, me. who are you thinking this is your team um i kind of get if they go sense of awe i you kind of lo- i get it if they do it i kind of love the idea of sat whoa that pick in fast okay um <laughs> I like Sasser. I understand Sasser, Gigi, but I don't. <laughs> what about I don't Lenny think Miller be, and Max Lewis here? If they traded smart and drafted Gigi, it would be like the complete twilight zone of just 24 hours. Um, oh, we got a Shams bomb. No, oh. don't. Is it involving us? Yeah. Is it involving either no, of us, Maxwell? No. Poor Rucker. They're just dragging this out on you. <laughs> Are we still in the first or we trade back a bunch? You traded back to 31. So Boston is drafting Marcus Sasser, but they are trading him to Detroit for the 31st pick. All right, then. It's going to be the Desmond <laughs> they, Bain they must pick all over again. Still be there, a... Which is interesting. <sighs> oh, okay. Well, this was definitely not the uh, stress-free moment. The yeah, I didn't even get for. a woge bomb from Corey backstage. Well, it was a sham. It was a shams bomb. I got to make a new one. The oh man, my heart's one. broken. The thing with this is like, I I like Sasser for Detroit a lot. Like, that's an unbelievable be, pick. He that's can be the defensive pick, like yes. nasty dude that they thought Killian Hayes was going to be. Like, but like maybe doing some things on the other side of the court too. Um. Yeah, I think he's given them another floor spacer, which is great too, because they need that. You can play him alongside Ivy and Cade and all those other guys. He's not going to step on anybody's toes. He's so comfortable off the ball. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it for Detroit. I still don't know what Boston is doing, but I also still I know don't know who they're going to take, oh. and it's going to punch me in the face. They're going to trade back and take Gigi. I think they're. Ta- I, I don't know. I want sensible now. I really want sensible. Yes, you do. Yes, you should. Yes, absolutely. I, I told you guys like I just didn't want him in the top ten ever. But if I got sensible at thirty one, I'd be freaking out. And I think maybe they're comfortable with saying like, "There's too much talent on the board. We can go back and get him." There's um, still a lot of talent on the board. Like, there's a that's ton. The crazy thing. Like the weird thing with this draft is we had so many guys where like we were comfortable with the college film, and then we had all these risers in the combine and pre-draft process and not a whole lot of like, Oh, this guy stinks during the pre-draft process or at the combine. You had a lot of guys withdraw. So like 40 through 60 is a little thin, 
but it just seemed like this year, like the, the depth just got a lot better. Like we just found yeah. out a lot of guys can really play during the pre-draft process this year. It's, it's just funny every year. Everyone's always like we class. And then it's like, no, you just got to let these guys play a little bit, like develop. And then I feel like even us, we were like, okay, like at one point this year, a lot of us in those ceilings were like, okay, there's this clear range of guys we like. Now we're trying to figure out who's the guys that are rising up from the back to get into that middle range. And eventually it happened. Like eventually guys kind of made a statement and then we quickly figured out like, okay, there's some intriguing pieces all over, but, um, Gosh, Sasser. I, I'm trying to focus on Sasser. What a fantastic pick for Detroit to go get him. I mean, you're going to have him kind of as your change of pace guard behind Cade. I I, I just think Sasser is going to be a steal. Sooner or later, Detroit, all these picks are going to click and start coming together. And it's going to make a very nasty team that I'm going to be excited about. And, and maybe Monty Williams is the coach to get him there, but... What they got a Sar and Sasser? That's a pretty good draft. That's the thing. It's like they just have so much athleticism that if like if Cade Cunningham does hit, it's like you've just got two completely different gears you can play at, and if not, you can just play at a speed that nobody else can play at. Yeah. Um. So here is two Marcus Sasser uh, stats that I really love. When he defended pick and roll ball handlers, they turned it over thirty four point three percent of the time. That's insanity. Uh, That's an absurd stat. It's absurd. A third of the time. (laughs) And he made 45.9% of his catch and shoot threes. So like you talk about a guy that's like ready to step in and have a clear role to fill is a nuclear off the catch shooter and a nasty point of attack defender. Like this is, this is a, this is a great guy. This is a great guy to grab at 25. I, uh, I know Woj was trying to be better about reporting trades this year. I need him to be better about giving details of trades because he just goes like, oh, it's... You have a lot of half trades to You and me both, my friend. 25 for 31. And I'm like, no. I didn't just agree to move back. <laughs> and I'm like, the the Kings one's still bugging me. Like, Yeah, because otherwise that's a real, like, I'll trade you my carrot sticks for your snack pack type, type trade. Okay. Keith Smith says now the Celtics, now that they drop dropped back, they're going to be able to use the taxpayer mid-level exception mm, salary cap. Sense. That's why I got to start focusing on that stuff. <laughs> but. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Fine. Um, so I got to just keep waiting. Just keep waiting. Yep. Um, Sasser. Great pick. I can't, can't talk enough about it. Are you surprised, both of you, about the board still? I think I'm supposed to get booted soon, but I'm I just have so much fun um, talking yeah, you, to you guys. You both, uh, you both are on the way, on the way. Yeah. Out. Well, whatever. I, I think the Bryce the thing surprised me just because I thought somebody would do it by now. Uh, the Nick Smith one is shocking to me. Yeah. Uh, repair a little surprising because I was just like convinced Portland was going to take him, but that's it. Nick Smith and Cam Whitmore are the surprises. Then Whitmore's off the board already. We still have yet to see how far Nick Smith will fall. All right, gentlemen, thank you ever so much for joining us. And now coming back, we have Corey, we have Albert, and we have our second special guest of the evening. So Dan Purcell from Sports... Nope, nope. Not yet. Not yet. Great. In uh, five (laughs) (laughs) minutes. Okay. So 
<laughs> All right, good to know. Uh, anyway, so yes, as you can tell, I'm just a slight bit discombobulated here after whatever the hell just happened with the Kings. But hey, we're on the board here for Indiana making a, another selection. Albert, why don't we start with you? So they got Jarris after essentially holding Bilal Koulibaly hostage with the seventh overall pick. Where do you think they might go here at 26? Um, a lot of good options still left on the board. Um, sorry, I'm trying to, trying to, I'm getting like live updates as we speak. Um, Colby Jones still on the board, right? Yeah. I feel like it, that's a name that's been mentioned a ton so far. Um, Nick, you've mentioned Nick Smith Jr. Still on the board. Could be interesting. Uh, still have some bigs left on the board. James Najee still there. TJD still there. I mean, th- th- there's a lot of good value. Um, which kind of seems to happen a lot at the end of the first round. But, um, yeah, just some names, I think, for us to monitor to see what ends up happening here. But, um, yeah, it could we, we could get a lot of fun here and maybe some more trades at the end of the first half as well. Oh, yeah, that's definitely what my heart needs right about now is a whole bunch more trades. Um, I think Julian Strother might also be someone who, you know, oh, yeah. maybe they take a reach on here. I mean, he's probably the best shooter still left on the board at this point, and – you know, anytime you can add a shooter to Tyrus Halberton and Jairus Walker, you got to do it. Corey, what about you? Thoughts on potential picks here? Uh, I love Max Lewis, uh, Bryce Sensaba. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, those are two guys that I think are just incredible value plays at, at this part of the draft um, that it, I, I think, especially with this team, this fit um, definitely worth taking a shot on. Um uh, those are the two guys I'd focus on the most uh, at this part of the draft. Uh, I mean, you know, the, this is the part part of the draft where Ben Shepard, I think, you know, might might come into play. He might be a, a yeah. guy who played his way into this range. So, um, <clears throat> but guys that could shoot, you know, <laughs> like this, this the league's about shooting. And uh, at, at this point, if you can get guys who could shoot, you know, you mentioned Strother. He's another guy I like. I think those are all guys that are worthy of consideration here. So now that you've mentioned that it has to be a guy who can shoot, let's bring up a guy who can't shoot. Maxwell was just discussing how Ryan Repair is one of the last green room invites to stick around. Do you think maybe they just opt for a defensive piece instead of that shooting if Repair is the option here? Albert? Kind of feels like they got their defensive piece in Jairus Walker, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, not to say, hey, I mean, more defense never hurts, but I, I kind of agree with Corey. I think they should go shooting here. Um, I feel like a guy like Ben Shepard would be a great option here. Julian Strother shot the crap out of the ball at Gonzaga. I don't know why things are falling around me right now. I apologize for that. Uh, but, um, you know, adding a shooter at this part of the draft seems like a good pick to go along with Jairus, you know, to, I mean, what, what have we seen from Tyrese Halliburton, a guy who's fantastic with the ball in his hands, but can also play without it. But, you know, having, a shooter around him for him to, you know, find and throw some beautiful dimes to would be fantastic. So I think those would be uh, some pretty good options for them. So I feel like now is time to play the game that we just played with Rucker and Maxwell of whose stream is the farthest ahead. I'm seeing that the pick is in on my end, but looks like Woj is attempting to drop another bomb live on stage. So uh, on Twitter, he he's doing riddles now, which is oh, great. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, do, do, do any of those riddles eight. involve the Sacramento Kings? No, Please. not yet. Please. Not yet. Got any, got any. But the Celtics, that trade, um, they're they're getting number 31 and a couple of future seconds. So that's the okay. haul the Celtics got. But for whatever reason, we still don't know what that Kings Hall is, which is interesting. Don't know why that's taking so long. 
Yeah, there's I there I say there's no way that it's just we traded the 24 pick to offload Rashawn Holmes's salary. That's that's like that's old Kings fan talking of maybe they mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe they did something that dumb, but until we know otherwise, that's all we've got, right? Yeah. Um, right. All right, so Corey's ahead of me. So I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm on I'm on the socials. Um, I, I don't even have the draft streaming at this point. Yeah, okay, Ben Shepard. There we go. There it is. Good yeah. call, Corey. All right. So yeah, we went. You know, again, we all said that shooting might be the way they go here, and they go with one of the best shooters who's been a hot name in recent weeks in Ben Shepard. I mean, he's been rising up boards dramatically since combine and individual workouts. What I love about Shepard too is is not just that he's a shooter. Like you know, obviously he's shooting the cover off the ball from from three free throw issues um for sure but i like that he is a movement shooter he's not a guy that just is gonna have to stand in the corner um he's hyperactive sometimes i think too hyperactive i think he's got to learn to play with a little bit more pace uh he's definitely a one speed guy but i think when you look at a guy like tyrese halliburton who wants to continuously push the pace and you have athletes like ben matherin and jarris walker on the floor um and you add a Ben Shepard into that equation. I mean, in transition, this team is going to be ex- super exciting. You know, uh, just a, a lot of like old school Suns vibes uh, from this team. And uh, I'm really, really excited to watch the offensive and defensive ability of of this squad now. I think, I mean, this is a great pick at this part of the draft. It's not too early where you feel like you might be passing up guys with a little bit more potential. Um, this is a guy who actually has gotten better every single year, good size, and uh, you know he's always going to compete and, and play the right way and do the right things. I think uh, the young core that Indiana is building is pretty terrifying, like Corey's saying. I mean, the pieces that they're putting together, I mean, just the fact that they got Jairus tonight, like if they only walked away with Jairus tonight, that would have been a huge win in my opinion. But the fact that they're adding a guy like Shepard here to go along with that and, you know, it's it's fun to think about, right? Like, you know, they're clearly trying to build through the draft. They grabbed some good guys last year in Matherin and Nemhard, you know, so to add these two guys along with what they've already gotten, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. And as Corey mentioned, and we I talked about before as well, with a guy like Halliburton, you just want to give him options, right? And the two-man game that he's going to run with Jairus and then looking for guys like Matherin, looking for guys like Shepard now, it, it's just a lot of fun. And also, they still have Miles Turner, right? It's big shooting big as well. So the, the options are going to be – I think Indiana is going to be a really, really fun league pass team to watch next season just with the young talent that they, they've accrued. So – Fun All right, the pick is in here for the Charlotte Hornets. So, Albert, throw it back to you quickly. Thoughts on which direction they might go here after taking Brandon Miller at number two? Um, so my stream is already announcing the pick, and it's Nick Smith Jr. Okay. Um, so fun. Oh, I think Corey's already got it up, right? Yeah, Corey, Corey already knew as well. But he is weeping currently on the screen, which makes sense. You know, and wow, he is really crying. Um not, not to say that it's bad. I think it's beautiful that he's crying, but he was really weeping there. Um, Nick Smith Jr., um, a guy that has been a really divisive prospect in this class, right? And we've talked about him a ton on our website, different pods. You know, you guys have talked about him a ton. Actually, Corey and I never got to do a pod on him, right? Or maybe I wasn't there for that one. Um, uh, big, did we do a preseason one? I think we, did a pre- we did a preseason pod on Nick Smith. Mm-hmm. But... um. Yeah. 
interesting guy interesting guy i mean Corey, i, I know you have your concerns with him um you know talk about rim pressure wasn't there much um a guy who you know shot the ball a lot wasn't super efficient with it but we'll see right i, I think there's still potential there I, I think it was maxwell before talked about how you know uh his one percent outcome uh might be a tough one for him to get to but i mean we're talking about the 27th pick in the draft i think this is a pretty good range to take a bet on a guy like nick smith who was highly rec- recruited coming out of high school I mean, that's where I fall on it is just like at the 27th pick, a guy who was the third, you know, recruit coming out of his high school class. That's really great value. And, you know, if he doesn't turn out to be anything particularly special, it's not like they don't have Lamella Ball and now Brandon Miller in the fold. Right. But, you know, if he does hit anything close to that one percentile outcome, like even if he hits like a 10 percentile outcome, this is going to be a huge steal for the Hornets. Now, my only concern is that he's going to Charlotte to play with Brandon Miller, to play with Lamella Ball. And his mindset is like, oh, I'm the dude on the ball. (laughs) Uh, And that's his mindset. Like, you know, behind the scenes from the intel I had, like he he very much so believes that he is the guy on the ball, that that's what he wants to prove. And if he buys into the fact that LaMelo could really make him better, that playing off Brandon Miller can make him better, that, you know, just being that third option, change of pace guy, um, could really accentuate his strengths. If he buys into that, he's still got a lot of talent that Charlotte can can use, uh, especially because it looks like maybe the James Booknight experiment might be coming mm-hmm. to an end with a pick like Nick Smith Jr. So if he buys into trying to be maybe what Booknight couldn't um, – and maybe uses the book night experience as a uh, example of what could happen if you don't buy into certain things uh, as an NBA player, then, you know, there's still certainly something there with Nick Smith because he could shoot it. He's really quick, uh, gives good effort. He came back when he was hurt and, you know, was willing to sacrifice maybe his draft slot. There's an argument that he could have gone higher if he just shut down his season because of the injury and teams would have bought into the pedigree. Um, from high school and his high school ranking, but he's got a lot to work on a lot of time to do it down in Charlotte. Um, and I think that LaMelo and Brandon Miller are going to make him better. All right. So the pick is in for Utah. That was, that was pretty quick. They turned that around fast. So thoughts here. I mean, in terms of, you know, green room guys that it could potentially be, you know, maybe Ryan repair is the pick here. I mean, (laughs) You know, I'm personally going to go to bat for C.D. Sissoko, of course, because that's just how I roll. But I think Colby Jones is also someone who could make a ton of sense here. And I, I don't know. I mean, I don't like the fit anywhere near as much, but this could also be a spot where Utah says, screw it. We're just going to go all in on offense and go with Bryce Sensible. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Danny Ainge is a smart man. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're uh, intending by that, but OK, that's that's I mean, I don't disagree. Albert, potential directions you think for this pick? No, I mean. I'm surprised Corey didn't just like go off talking about Bryce right there. But um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a possibility. Repair still on the board. That's, I mean, look, and, and just going back to the whole Nick Smith Jr. thing too, like when you're at this part of the draft, like this is when you have to start taking some shots, in my opinion. And Adam Silver is now coming up to the stage, to the podium. And the pick is in, Utah selection. Blah, blah, blah. Hurry up. <laughs> It's Bryce. Um, it's Bryce. There it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I've been lower on Bryce than most, but this is still well below where I have him on my board, and I think it makes a lot of sense to take the swing here. 
Utah had themselves a, a draft. <laughs> um, I mean, they're walking away with, as of right now, uh, uh-huh. assuming no trades, with Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, and Bryce Sensaba. Um, I mean, that's pretty much the uh, draft act special. Uh, <laughs> Danny Ainge ordered a uh, a side of uh, draft act on the No Ceilings podcast. Because those are all guys that we really loved, especially Sensaba. I, I I think he's a top ten talent in this draft. Now, of course, his knees and, and that is the story with him. Uh, you know, he had two knee injuries in high school. He had another knee injury in college. There are concerns about his weight, but uh, the, the weight looks uh, like he's he's taken some of it off, as they always do in the pre-draft uh, photos that they take. Um, he did wear socks at the beach, which was weird, but my guy is a scorer from uh, the mid range, 40% from three on 11 per a hundred. Um, the only like freshman to basically do what he did as a shooter and scorer. Uh, the only two other guys are Jamal Murray and Devin Booker. Like this is a real deal uh, wing prospect. And, you know, ultimately this, he could be the best prospect that the jazz picked up tonight. All right, so it looks like the pick is in at 29 as well. So things seem to be moving pretty quick here towards the end of the first round. Albert, any thoughts? I mean, I'm just going to say Ryan Repair again just because he's, you know, green room guy still hanging around. But thoughts on directions Indiana might – I mean, sorry, that Denver might take here. Um, really quickly, quickly, just following up on what Corey said about Sensible. Like, I, I, if you look at the hall that the Jazz are walking away with right now with Hendricks, George, and um, Sensible, they've added some shooting. I think that's pretty safe to say with those three guys. Um, size, shooting, on-ball ability with Sensible and uh, Keontae George. I mean, that's an incredible hall. Like Corey said, that's a draft deck special. We both had Sensible in the top six uh, of our big boards. And then George, same thing. I think Corey had Sensible and George back-to-back even on his big board. So that's yeah. an incredible haul to go with Hendricks as well. Um, that's, that's some scary, scary stuff. Um, you have to wonder if, you know, maybe... Danny Ainge just listened to our pod or something. But um, uh, yeah, with this next pick, I believe Denver's making this pick. Am, am I correct? Yeah. No, I yeah, missed that so. the first time. Oh, no, no worries. Um, try not to do that again. Um, just kidding. <laughs> Given that the first thing I did was show up on the stream with my mic muted, it's all been uphill from there. <laughs> Certainly. Um, the lack of King's information. I get it. <laughs> A little bit. We still don't know the haul on that Kings trade. So no, fun. we do not. No, we do so not. fun for you, Nick. Um, a lot of options. <laughs> uh, we said we said repairs name so much. Um, wonder if he goes there. I I, I don't know. Um, I feel like guy. Yeah, they, yeah. I feel like. Mm-hmm, go ahead, Corey. They they took Peyton Watson last year, and basically, if you're taking uh, repair, you're just you know putting him behind Peyton Watson who does a lot of the same things on the court um and Watson's already been in your system for a year uh I also they, buy his shot a lot more in the long term than repairs right so that to me repair doesn't make sense there uh, I think that they laid the blueprint they want another guy who could potentially contribute as Christian Brown did this year so I mm-hmm. I, I think they go with somebody who's less of a project and more of you know uh has a sure fire skill I'm going to say Colby Jones or Julian Strother. 
Okay, those are pretty good guesses. I mean, you know, even in the NBA Finals, they had some tre- stretches where they were struggling with some outside shooting. So um, a- adding a-, a sniper like Julian Strother, I think, makes a lot of sense. Obviously, um, you know, he's not the strongest defender, but a guy who I believe can grow into that and become a better defender. But uh, the shooting that he offers from day one will be really fun. A guy who's played in some big games, uh, has made some really big shots. I mean, that shot against UCLA, who can forget that one, right? Pretty much shot it almost like the step inside from half court. Um, but but a guy also who has incredible touch around the rim, one of the best floaters uh, in this class. So uh, I, I think a really interesting pick. And here comes Adam Silver to make the pick. And the pick is Julian Strother. There yeah. it is. Look at us. <laughs> One for 29. Let's go. <laughs> shooter shoot. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of shooter shoot, I mean, Julian Strother, <laughs> right? Real yeah, deal. I mean, yeah. I've had him as a first round pick for most of the year. And, you know, he's someone who's, you know, not just got three point range, but got parking lot range. And I mean, I am just very much looking forward to seeing how he fits into this nuggets offense, because he's going to get the ball in good shots and good spots rather. And he's not going to be afraid to fire it up from long range. So I think this is a great pick for Denver and not just because I predicted it, but because <laughs> a good pick, you know, Albert, what about you? No, I, I, Oh, no. Here we go. Yeah, it's not for you, Nick. Um, Figured. (laughs) Minnesota has traded uh, to get number 33 from San Antonio. Timberwolves are sending two future second-round picks. There it is. There it is. Blew up the whole draft. Now I don't know what's going to go on. But, you know, really quickly, if I can, you know, going back to Strother, he's a guy that I've seen um, up close in person a couple times. And um, just a really fun player. A guy who just, like, I, I don't want to say he's Tobias Harris where you forget that he's out there, but he's like kind of sneaky about getting his points up there. Um, like Rucker and I, when we saw him, not this past season, but the year before um, we were watching the game and then we look up and he had like 12 points. And we're like, what the, when, when did he put up 12 points? And then we're watching the game again and we look, look up and he suddenly has 18. So uh, a, a guy who I, I think is going to be a steady contributor, won't be the flashiest player, but as you mentioned, Nick has great range, a guy who could really shoot the ball, but also, you know, once, once again, you know, like with that shooting gravity, I think he's going to be able to take it all the way to the rim and finish uh, at the rim as well. So um, I, I think a really good pick here for the, for the Nuggets. Good fit. All right. So we are on the clock now for the Los Angeles Clippers at 30 with the last pick of the first round. You are all about to be officially free of me until the very end of the draft. So that I'm sure will be nice. But Corey, Albert, thoughts quickly on directions the Clippers might go here. I'll just start off. I think Leonard Miller is someone who might be a fit here. I think uh, Trace Jackson Davis is someone who might also make sense as well. And I'm just going to say repair again, because, you know, we running pretty low on green room guys. And, you know, usually those guys don't make it out of the first round. Albert, what do you think? Um, I mean, yeah, like I, I, I actually can't believe Kobe Jones still on the board. I mean, I can believe it. I just hate it. Um, just a guy that I, I really, really loved a uh, guy that Corey and I, we interviewed a couple of times and was really good with us. Really smart guy cares about the right things. I think in my opinion, he should be off the board by now, but maybe he goes here to the Clippers. Trace Jackson Davis still on the board. Um, Leonard Max Miller, Max Lewis, you know, we heard so much about Leonard Miller potentially going like even like late lottery or in the teens or whatever. Well, he's still on the board. Um, sorry, go ahead, Corey. What was that? A lot of chirp. There, there was a lot of online chatter. Less, there we, it is. less so behind 
the scenes i think you know yeah it's how it was always described to us is that mm-hmm. the, the internet's higher on leonard than yeah. you know nba folks were and i think that's you know kind of proven to be true but yeah man colby and tracer the two two guys who are highest on my board max uh right there um i mean max would be fun he just gets to stay in la max Mm. might be the highest guy left on my board um to be honest yeah max still gets to be in california he's so talented man yeah yeah he seems like an overthink guy He, he certainly needs structure um but you know, uh, getting to the opportunity to hone his skills against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George every day, like that would rock. He'll learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, highest guy left on my board at this point is Sidney Sissoko, but I don't think he's all that likely to go. I recognize I'm way higher on him than the vast majority of people, but could this be a DG Jackson spot? I mean, he's, he's fallen a bit too low key. I mean, he wasn't exactly a green room invite. It's not like, you know, he was expected to go in the first round, like say repair, but I mean, he's someone who the Clippers could definitely take a chance on. If you're the Clippers, you're uh, trying to win a championship. Do you need Gigi Jackson in that quest? Albert seems to think no, but the pick is in. So <laughs> we're about to find out, huh? Um, yeah. I mean, if that's the line of logic, trying to win a title, I'd say no um, with on Gigi Jackson. And there are a lot of other options that I think would help uh, wow. before him, but um, no, I mean, we're not being harsh. I mean, this is, you know, we're just being honest here. I mean, Gigi is one of the youngest players in his class, a guy who has to figure some stuff out. I think he's should probably go on that. Um, what was that retreat that Aaron Rodgers went on before he chose to go to the jets, you know, like some meditation <laughs> retreat thing where he wasn't seeing the sun or whatever um, that might help Gigi Jackson to look introspectively and to, you know, maybe not shoot the ball every time he touches the ball, but you know, they're, you know, are you seriously <laughs> suggesting Aaron Rodgers as a model for introspection? <laughs> go jets. Huh? <laughs> Come on, Nick, go jets. Absolutely not. Not a chance. No, no they need no an adult in the room. They they need yeah, yeah. Uh, the teams that are competing. I think want guys that could potentially help them in the short term and the long term. I think those guys often have higher ceilings than we'd like to give them credit for. Because if you're on the floor, you know, on a, in a playoff game, you know that ceiling is actually higher than we'd like to to talk about it uh, often. And and you know, I think that that's kind of the direction a team like uh, Los Angeles has to go here. They, I, I know it's, you know, the difference between 30 and 31, 30 and 32, whatever the first round, second round doesn't seem like much, but giving, you know, a guy like Gigi guaranteed wow. money. Sorry, the pick what is happened? in and I'm starting. All right. Kobe Brown out of Missouri is the pick here for the Clippers at the end of the first round. Wow. This is again, I, I am very surprised by this. <laughs> Did either of you not surprised by this or Albert, what are your thoughts? No, no, no. I, I definitely am surprised. Um, honestly, I, I didn't have Kobe Brown in this range, but he, he was a name that we kind of heard about um, a really interesting guy, interesting offensive game. Um, hard to say that he's kind of like a expert at anything right now offensively, but um, yeah, I mean, look, I, Corey, what do you think about his fit? Like, I, I feel like the jump shot, still needs work, um, still needs to find some consistency with that. Um, I, I, th- I think there's some instinct, like some instinctual things with him that I like, some playmaking, a little bit on defense, um, pretty good vision. But 
I don't know, like, does this seem like a guy that you think will be a plug and play option for the Clippers? I'm, I'm not so sure. If the shot's real. If the shot's real, I think so. I mean, one, he's going to play, you know, that four spot, right? Like, uh, he's going to play that big forward spot that they're going to need minutes from throughout the season as Kawhi and Paul George inevitably don't play all 82 games. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for a rookie to fill some of those minutes, I think he's a guy that's at least going to be strong enough to hold up physically. Um, Now he does win with strength a lot at the Mm -hmm. college level. And, you know, I think there's going to be a transition because he's not just going to be able to like turn his back and, uh, kind of bully his way to his spots in the same way. But I do think that NBA teams are going to use him a little bit more creatively. You know, you could use him in the short role uh, Mm -hmm. as a passer instead of just giving him the ball in the post and making use of that passing skills. Uh, But ultimately it's going to come down to is the shooting real because throughout his career, it was something he struggled with. And then he jumped up to 45%. I think it was a 20% jump this year, but Mm -hmm. um, by the numbers, he, you know, he's definitely worthy of a first pick. He just has to prove that the shot's real. And I think that the, the you know, um, strides that he made as a shooter, like, looks real. You know, I, I, I'm a guy who buys into the form. It's not the prettiest form in this draft, but it's also not broken by any means. It's a softball. Uh, I, I think there's something there um, for sure. No, I, And if I can follow up really quickly, Corey, like, I, I like the point that you made in terms of, like the production, the production this season was good, right? He was like right at like 16 points a game, six rebounds, um, good from the field, right? 55, no, was 53% from the field, um, 79% from the free throw line, something that we've always liked, right? Uh, we always think that's a good indicator in terms of shooting. So I, I, I'm there with you, Corey. I, I think there has to be a little bit more creativity in terms of how he's used offensively in the NBA, which you'll probably get. But um, yeah, I, I, I guess I can see it. I guess. Yeah, it wouldn't be the direction that I went personally. Yeah, same. You know, I think that I, I definitely, I understand the vision um, by the, the Clippers front office.